Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. You know, these technical difficulties never stop, but... Yeah, it's just not my area of expertise. Same. And we've been doing it for three years and it's still not my... (laughs) I know with my other, like with my job, my hair career, I've been doing stuff online for like 10 years and I'm still like, how do I do this? (laughs) Oh, you're a pro at the online stuff. Oh, you know, it's all a facade. (laughs) I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're all putting on a facade of sorts. I don't know. Yeah. But this Very one, uh, this has been a long time coming, Stephanie. I think we talked about doing this episode. And I'm sorry, like we, before we hit record, I was talking about I kind of had a night out on the town last night. And so my voice is a little groggy, but um, it'll be fine, I think. <laughs> um, I think people will forgive you. I think they will. Um, but we I think it was about two or three months ago that we were talking about doing this one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about some body stuff that had been coming up. You talk about a couple of your dreams or mm-hmm. was it dreams or like, uh, we, we can get into all of it, but some of the stuff with the black Madonna that you'd been seeing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I feel like so much changes in such a short amount of time that I can't even remember that long ago. I'm like, I remember we, we started talking about it and we're like, oh, we should do this episode. And I'm like, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> we we're talking about the body and somatics. And we wanted to like dive into that, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, and it was, um, I think a few months ago, I was feeling a little bit of like uh, imposter syndrome with it a little bit because it's like, I am not an expert in somatics um, mm-hmm. and I'm still not. I'm just, then I'm, then I'm like, you know what, but maybe I approach it from a, someone who's been cut off from their body for most of their lives and is now starting to get comfortable with my body in the last yeah. And even I, I, the timing is interesting because I did actually start a somatics class at school. We're only a few weeks in, but it's already been like mind blowing. Yes. So this is so interesting that you bring this up about like being cut off from your body. Because I feel like what happened to me, my, my story is kind of unique, but like I was very cut off from my body. I was what you would call a normal human being <laughs> in the sense that I was basically numb to my body. You know, I had, I had normal things. Like I would get, I would get headaches frequently and I would, you know, you know, everybody has like their basic things that they know that their body's going to do if they're not taking care of themselves or whatever. But for the most part, my body was pretty predictable and I wasn't really, I didn't pay much attention to it. And there wasn't really a whole lot going on, you know? And then what do you mean by like a was, whole lot, lot going on? What do you mean? Like, it wasn't like, like I wasn't super connected to it. Yeah. I wasn't super aware of it. It was just kind of like, oh, it's annoying when it, you know, if I get headaches or, oh, it's just like basic human stuff. But it's not like I had no idea 
the amount of sensation that a human body could experience. And basically what happened was after I did psychedelics, I think it was the third time, second or third time. It was like one summer, the first, the first year that I got introduced to psychedelics. And then I just went, I just went crazy. You know, I was like, I'm going to do all the psychedelics, give them all to me, you know? And it was way too much. And (laughs) I was after like the third, I think it was like the third or fourth time I, it was like, essentially I had like a really massive, abrupt spiritual awakening, which we've talked about this a little bit. Um, I've done a ton of research on this because at the time I was like, what the hell is happening? It didn't feel like a spiritual awakening or like some people have called it a Kundalini awakening. I've heard like tons of different terms for it. And I was just like, that's not what this is because it was so much just in my body. It was a hundred percent body based. It was like all of a sudden my body came alive and it was like, I could feel like, I remember, you know, one day I was fine. And then the next day, like I took an Advil and I could feel it in my blood. That's not an exaggeration. That's, that's, I'm saying that I'm speaking truths right now. You could feel the Advil like, in your blood. I could literally feel it. And I was like, what the hell's happening to me? And so I was like asking people all these questions and like, and I'm just, I'm just like diving right into the, into the story. So hopefully that's okay. Oh yeah. And I dive right this in. Isn't, this is okay. so perfect. This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, my body, like I kept like doing all this research and like talking to people and, and like asking questions. And I had several people be like, oh, it sounds like you had a Kundalini awakening. Hell no. You know, like I had just left Mormonism. I wasn't about to like dive into some sort of like new age abstract thing. You know, I'm like, no, like that's not veto. Like I, I, I disagree with that, you know? Yeah. But as time went on and I was like having all these doctor's appointments because I was having so many physical sensations and it's taken me a solid two years to integrate, literally to like integrate my new body. Does this sound so insane? Do I sound like a crazy person? I mean, I, I, a few years ago, you would have to me and then, (laughs) but now I'm so, no, it just seems like it makes so much sense. It was almost like, and and it was a result of trauma. You know, like you could say it was, you could say it was a Kundalini awakening, or you could literally just say that like I had a ton of trauma all at once that like really, really, really heightened my sensitivity level. Um, I think both things were at play, but it was literally like I became a highly sensitive person overnight. Like all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, like I couldn't drive because it was like sensory overload. I couldn't be in like large crowds anymore. I had to be really careful with things like even like getting in the shower. I had to get in very slowly because the transition was like too intense for my nervous system. And I was looking at all of these like highly sensitive people for the first time in my life and be like, oh, my gosh, like that's a real thing. (laughs) It's interesting. So one of the last times I did psychedelics in nature, um, this was several months ago, I was paying attention to how much my body was sensing, you know, like I was out there in nature. I could feel like the rush I could and sense maybe even a better word. I could sense like the, the river in the distance. And then you can almost sense the birds overhead and how, you know, for tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years or whatever of human evolution, 
we've evolved these like highly attuned senses and living in a concrete jungle, we just have like numbed, numbed to it. Yep. Um, yep. Did you, did you read much about a Kundalini awakening at the time? So you read about it. Do you know much yeah, about I've, it? I've read so much about it and it's, it's not at all what I thought. And I think other people's experiences, everybody's experiences are different. Um, I still feel like there are still days when I'm like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, did I actually have a Kundalini awakening or did I literally just have a nervous breakdown and my body like freaked out? Hmm. But it's like most, so I've, I've gone down both of those paths. You know, like I said, I was very resistant to this idea of like a spiritual awakening of any kind. I was like, no, thank you. But the more research I've done on it, the more I've realized like, oh, it's actually not that woo woo. It's not that new age. It's actually like a very, like it's something that's been happening since the beginning of time, you know? And it's basically just what you're saying where most of us are numb to our senses, you know, and, and like these sort of like our sensing bodies. And with time and effort, we can become more aware of like, in, like, and more in tune with our bodies and like what's happening there. But for me and for some people, sometimes it happens like abruptly, if that makes sense. So it's yeah. almost like. Like some people would compare it to like, imagine you're all of a sudden you're, you're opened up, you're opened up essentially to your unconscious, like very, very suddenly. And it's just like flooding your system, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the tie with uh, the unconscious and the body is very closely linked, right? Especially if we think of the Western world where we have a mind body split, usually it's like our mind is, we believe our mind is the conscious part and our yeah. body is an object. And so when that body, when those, uh, you know, what you're talking about. So in, in Kundalini, talk about the Kundalini energy is similar to like the subtle energy. They, they call mm-hmm. it a subtle, subtle body yep. where it's more of like an energetic body that's working with your physical body. Like your physical body is a manifestation of your energetic body. Yes. And your, that Kundalini energy rests in the lowest chakra, which is the root or like the Muladhara chakra. And it rests there. and then the whole thing about Kundalini is getting that energy to swirl and rise and go up to your, uh, pineal. Is that the yeah. pineal uh, gland? Third eye. Yeah. Your and third then- eye. And then even like out your crown chakra, the top. And, um, you know, like I said, a few years ago, I'd be like, Mike, what the fuck are you talking about right now? But it's interesting. Cause like, and especially like on psychedelics or when, you know, I have a Kundalini yoga practice, you start sensing that subtle body. And you can almost feel the the blockages in your chakras as it's going, it, it, you know, like trying to swirl up, but it's like, no, I'm feeling like this blockage right in my like uh, solar plexus or my gut or like the voice, you know, like I'm talking about my voice right now. Uh, the, I notice a lot of blockages in my throat chakra. And then usually mm-hmm. if I like sing it out or like move through it or express something, the throat chakra opens up and it like the channels open up more and you start tuning into I don't know that subtle energy flow and whether there's something to it or not, it certainly feels like it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like for me, like I said, I was so resistant, so incredibly resistant because obviously of our, like our upbringing, you know, I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to like any sort of like new dogma, you know, like I believe in science, like that's totally, yeah. you know, how I was feeling. And but it's almost like I was forced into it because my body would not shut up. Like I couldn't turn it off. It was like, 
I had to start working with my body and working with what I was feeling and sensing and everything that was happening there, or I literally would have not been able to function, you know? And I kept trying to like ignore it and be go back to how I was before. Like I can, I can eat whatever I want, you know? And like, I, I don't have to take care of myself and like, you know, all this, just how we normally function. And I couldn't, I couldn't, like my body would not let me. It was like, bitch, no, you listen and you listen now and you will take care of me and you will pay attention to what I'm saying and you will work with me. <laughs> well, you're, and what, what you're talking about right now is body consciousness or, or consciousness as matter, not consciousness apart from matter. And which ties into that black Madonna image uh, that comes to you or, and the first time I ever heard of the black Madonna, it was in this audiobook. Um, from Marion Woodman, who is a Jungian author and talks a lot about dreams. And her audiobooks are so great because they're not like books. She's like giving a presentation and she's got this really witty, like funny personality. And but she was talking about a lot of her uh, clients had started to have dreams of a black Madonna. And this was maybe around the turn of the century when this was recorded. But um, she started seeing it more and more frequently. And the image of that, as she describes it, is so you think of like the Madonna archetype is like the Virgin Mary archetype. And usually that's split in our psyches. Like we have, uh, and especially if we grew up in a, in a religion like Mormonism, which not only makes women second-class citizens, but also puts them on a, on a pedestal, right? There's yeah. that, that pedestal, pedestalization of women where that archetype gets split where it's like you have this, woman who's holding your projection of purity and goodness. And so you usually split that. And and that's where, you know, you have a a sexual partner on the side or something. You're having an affair or you're turning to porn because it's like, you can't fantasize. You can't mix the two archetypes, right? You have like the, the goddess figure uh, and then you have the, the dark sexual goddess and those are a split. Well, the black Madonna is the merging of the two. Where that's in one archetype, both the sexuality, the sensuality, the shadow, and the the light, the goddess aspect. And what's cool about it too is um it's a tuning back into consciousness as matter. So like it's not that thing of like my our minds are conscious and our bodies are objects. No, our heart, if we tune into our heart, our heart has a consciousness. Our our sexual organs have consciousness. And it sounds crazy, but just like, listen to them, you know, tune in, listen, listen to what they have to say. You know, it's all thing about like having your, your heart, mind and gut all in alignment, ask your gut, you know, and usually your gut, it's like that. It usually responds. I mean, it's a different type of consciousness, but usually it's like a quick yes or no response, right? Like a mm-hmm or a mm-hmm. And so like checking in with that can just be opening up again to the fact that your body has so much consciousness and so much capacity to capacity to sense. I think it just opens you up to a whole new way of living. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember the first time one of my coaches told me that the body is the unconscious is essentially what he said. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. There's no, there is no distinction. And I was like, Oh, this actually makes a lot of sense because number one, it would explain all of the physical it explained all of the physical sensations i was having and i started really like connecting learning how to connect with what my body was saying to me through like ifs therapy like doing 
arts work, mm-hmm. which you're, are you familiar with that? I'm assuming. I am, but maybe you can describe it just a little bit for people who are. Yeah. It's essentially where like you, whatever it is that you want to work on in your session, like let's say there's something specific, a, a situation that's really distressing you or whatever you essentially find it in your body. So it's like you tune into that. You kind of do like a, a little drop in meditation. You tune into, it's like, you know, where do you feel in your body? The classic line that everybody hears. And then you find it, oh, it's in my chest. And then it's like, okay. And what does it feel like? And then you describe what it feels like. And then the more you go into it, the more it's like you create dialogue with it. It's like, okay. And are there any images that are coming to mind? Well, there's this memory of me when I was a kid and my parents said this to me and blah, blah, blah. And then and then all these emotions start coming up and then you can create dialogue with these parts of you that are basically stored or trapped in literally in the tissues of your of your body. And that's the whole idea behind somatic experiencing as well. Is and, and any type of somatic therapy is just that like your trauma actually gets stored as like in your tissues which is why it can cause so many physical health problems. It's interesting. Um, yeah, just how, like when you start working with that, just how many stories our bodies hold and, and what stories are in like our tight hips or in our headaches or in our, you know, whatever uh, way it's manifesting physically. Um, and, oh, I had a thought about the, um, just one of the things I've noticed lately, and I've been really practicing this after starting the somatics class is sensing my body. Right. So like, and I feel like in the last few years, I've gotten so much better at feeling emotion and not letting, you know, like if I'm feeling a certain emotion, taking the time to sit, sit with it, welcome it, invite it and not push it away. But sometimes those emotions can be very intense. Um, And what I'm realizing now is like, oh, I can also sense, you know, sensing is different than feeling. So like when I think of sensing, it's like, you know, feeling it's like I feel sad. I, you know, and I'm, I'm feel heartbroken or I feel, you know, whatever um, the emotion is. Whereas sensing is like, oh, I feel a tightness in my gut and it feel it. I I, I use the word feel, but like it is, it's, it's warm or hot or it's like a knot in my yeah my stomach or wherever it is and i'm realizing how that is like a almost like a superpower i haven't tapped into and i call it a superpower because it's like oh when i'm when i'm sensing it's like i'm okay feeling whatever emotion it because it's just like a sensation in my body and it might be an unpleasant sensation but when i sit with it it usually starts to move or will shift and I don't know. It's just been, it's been cool to, and so to hear you say, you know, starting out that way, like with parts work or something to sense into those parts of the body. Uh, cool thing. Yes. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a cool thing. It, and it is a superpower. It's almost like, and it's surprising to me too, how the body is very literal a lot of the times in what it's actually saying to you. Like it's, it's surprising to me how much it's like, you know, when people are feeling whatever it could be it could be maybe they have like a ton of stress about something how often they will feel that in their shoulders and their neck it's like it's like it's a literal weight it's a literal weight you know or you know and there's all those you know several books and several you know people who focus on this type of healing where it's like you can pinpoint specific parts of the body 
and what they're telling you based on if you're having, you know, physical symptoms, like they always say, oh, financial problems are carried in your lower back, you know, and all that stuff. And, you know, I still, I think there's this old, there's this old part of me that will always be skeptical of everything because of how we, how we were raised. But in my own personal process, I found there to be a lot of, a lot of truth to like, to that, to what my body is actually saying and that it's, that it actually is my unconscious and that it is like, once you learn how to listen to it and understand it, it can be like a superpower because you're like, you're understanding yourself and you're, it's like a door to the unconscious, you know, it's like you're yeah. understanding yourself in a different way. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the skepticism part. Cause I think, you know, especially after leaving Mormonism, I, I, I value my skepticism and I always want it there. Um, I think it's a good anchor for me. Um, and so I'm always going to approach, I'm not, if, if, a, if I'm feeling skeptical, skeptical, I don't want to block that either. That's also a, an emotion or a sign or, or some part of my body is like, look, okay, this is, we're not fully on board with this yet. Um, Richard Tarnas in his book, Cosmos and Psyche talks about it as like preserving your psychic virginity or something. It's like, it, it, and the whole point of that is like, no, I'm, I'm not going to just get caught up with, in any new idea that comes my way. But when something really captures my attention, I'm okay to let down that skepticism guard more. Right. Um, yeah. And I think there's something about maintaining skepticism, but also being open to wonder and feeling yeah. the tension between the two that keeps us like one open to new possibilities and new modes of experiencing life that are, that are, that more than science, you know, like it's yeah. opens us up to maybe the world's more enchanted than we believe it is yeah. or that we know it to be. But then also maintaining a skepticism to be like, no, but like, I'm not going to die on the hill like of, yeah. uh, you know, I, and I don't need to be, I don't need to like make it dogma. It's just more information. Yeah. And it's funny too, like the more that you study and learn, the more that you realize that like Western society is actually very, very limited mm -hmm. in its perspectives on the body. And it's actually not like I said, it, these things actually aren't that woo. -woo. Like I was, I was introduced to these concepts through like new age spirituality, which is why I think I was so turned off to them because I was just so put off by that whole community. But then I'm like, Oh, this is a huge basis in like Chinese medicine and, and different types of like Ayurvedic medicine, you know, just like different uh, philosophies around health in the body that are ancient that aren't just like, you know, based in mysticism yeah and it, it, like the western world we've gotten really good at treating the body like a machine right so we know how yeah. to take apart the heart and dissect it and open it up and fix it and there's value in like all that learning that the western world has accomplished right i mean to perform an open heart surgery and save someone's life right it's, it's amazing and at the same time like we're so sick in the western world like we have <laughs> we have all these like new things are, are like so much, so much advancement, especially in the last couple hundred years that just mind blowing. And yet we're sick and, yeah. and we're not connected and, and, and we have to go to specific doctors for specific parts of our body. Like, you know, if it's in your foot, you're now seeing a completely different doctor and he's only going to treat your foot. He's not going to treat the whole system as a whole. Yeah. And so there's also something severely lacking in the Western world yeah 
I know if only if, yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's, that's why it's important to, at least for me, it was a, almost like a process of like taking my power back. Like, okay, I, I have more control over, I don't want to say control, but I have more influence over my well-being and my health than I was taught. You know, it's, it's like, if I can learn to be connected to my body, it can be more like a relationship that is nurturing and understanding and not just like I'm living in this confusing foreign vessel that, you know, is going to explode whenever it feels like it, even though I do still feel like that sometimes, but <laughs> getting well, I was going to ask. So you had that experience. Like it was a couple years ago that you had yeah. that. Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling now with it? How's it well, been? so the process, because I didn't know what was happening, like I can talk about this very casually. I actually hate talking about this. So let's sure. I'll just put it on the internet. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. It's, probably, it's probably good for me to process it. But because I didn't, I mean, I can, t- I can talk about it very casually, but it was, it was the most traumatic thing I've ever been through in my life. And I didn't know what was happening to me. So it, it was essentially like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was very traumatic and very confusing. And so as the last couple of years have gone on, it's been a long process of, like I said, almost having to develop a new relationship with my body. Um, so I actually just got back and we talked about this a little bit, but I just went to like a somatic, a somatics retreat and it was all about this type of thing, like learning to listen to your body, what your body is telling you, how to have a relationship with your body. The, the retreat was trauma focused. So it was a lot of people with like PTSD or brain injuries, um, stuff like that. And so it's just like, when you've been through trauma, it's, you have a very like sensation feels very scary in your body. You know, people are very, cause it's too much. It's too much sensation is essentially what's happening. You know, trauma is like a massive amount of energy that's like stuck in your body. And so your sensations are just like insanely heightened. Um, yeah, which I just, which I already touched on a little bit. So the whole retreat was basically working with and processing that. Um, so how am I feeling now? Did I answer the question? I don't know. I'm doing a lot better, but it's like a long road. It's a long road of, especially when you're dealing with PTSD. Um, it's a long road of, and just like doing the slow work every day to take care of yourself. You know, it's, it's essentially like trying to repair and heal your nervous system that's been fried. Um, yeah, like I, I know I mentioned it like as a superpower to sense into your body. But it's also it's not one that like I can just turn on like I can be conscious of it. I can say, oh, let me consciously sense into my body right now. Um, but it's also a muscle that needs to be developed. There needs to be it's it's reestablishing a relationship with my body. And what I'm finding is those stories are there in, in the body. And there's also. You know, ways my body's been programmed and conditioned to shut down when there is too much sensation it's like sensation overload and so me then then you you go numb and then mm-hmm. but and it's not something you consciously are choosing to go numb the body's mm-hmm. going numb the body's to, choosing to tune out and so it is a practice it's work it's um it's about you know having those containers uh like you talked about going to a re- retreat which sounds like a pretty amazing retreat um to have a container to start like 
safely dropping back into your body and knowing that it's safe and, and feeling that it's safe and, and working through those, those blocks and, um, and it's a process. It is. Yeah. And it's interesting how everyone responds differently. Like some people do go into that numbness, that shutdown and other people are on the opposite side where it's like, they, they can't turn it off, you know? And both are equally as, you know, I, I fall more into the category of like, I have a hard time shutting it off, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, I wish I could, I wish I could go numb, but my, my body's just like in overwhelm, you know? Yeah. You can see how um, that's hard for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Um, can you talk about the retreat at all? Yeah. 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 So it was out in Mount Shasta um, in California. There was three facilitators. One was a, he's a somatic practitioner. His name's Luis Mojica. People might follow him. His business is Holistic Life Navigation. Highly recommend. His podcast is amazing. He um, basically, he had all of these, I mean, you can, you can hear his story on his podcast, but he had like a pretty traumatic childhood and upbringing and he had all of these health uh, issues and just like psychological issues and all this stuff. And he basically completely transformed himself through diet and somatics. And then um, they also had a, she was a movement. She's, I mean, she's a somatic practitioner as well, but her focus was more on movement and dance. And then they had a woman there uh, the third facilitator. Her name is Robin Lansong, who I also would highly recommend that you look up. She has a book about her story, which is insane. She, which I'll just like briefly tell, but she basically, when she was a kid, she was kidnapped. And I, I, I feel like I can say all this because it's in her book, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would imagine this is public information. Um, but she was kidnapped when she was a child after school, I believe. And they took her to Africa, which, and I haven't read her books. So I actually don't know the whole thing, the whole story, but they took her to Africa and she was like in the middle of this war zone and she got shot in the head and the bullet like skimmed the top of her head and she started to die of blood loss. And she tells the story that like, as she was passed, she was like passing through the veil. And she remembers like being on the other side and she was like with the spirit guide and the spirit guide was like taking her to like merge back in with, you know, oneness or whatever. Yeah. It's the soup, the, the merge back in uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <Soup of> consciousness. <laughs> and as she was passing on, she started to hear this like wailing sound. And she was like, what is that sound? It was like kind of like pulling her back to her body, you know, and the wailing turned into singing. And she was like, oh, what is that? And as as she heard the singing, all of her, this is how she tells the story, like all of her, these ancestors came in and they were like ushering her back to her body. And this story is crazy, right? Like, I feel like I'm saying something that's made up. <laughs> I, I mean, it's her experience, you know? So, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I know. And to hear her tell it in person, it's just like, wow, I cannot believe that you went through this. So anyway, what had happened was there was an African woman from a nearby village who had found her body and was holding it and singing to her. She was singing this song and the song was like pulling her back to her body. And they ended up taking her back to the village and saving her life. And then she lived there for, I think for several years, they like took care of her. Oh, wow. So anyway, that was a really long introduction for her, but she does, um, song like music. She does singing medicine. She does this, these beautiful, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I haven't experienced anything like it in my life, but the whole retreat was basically 
healing the nervous system through music, dance, and touch. So we, she did like this whole singing thing where she was, she would like sing to people. And then the second day was all about movement and dance. And then the third day was touch. And they had this like touch ceremony where people could like, um, just receive like the nurturing that they, and co-regulation that they needed through physical touch. I feel like I just talked a lot, but that it was, it was incredible. I think it was the first retreat that they've done with the three of them. And every single person there was like, I would come back again next year for sure. If they did it really? again. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was incredible. It was amazing. Are they going to do it annually or? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm like trying to like plant that seed, you know, like, Hey, you guys should do this again. Cause it was just so amazing. Well, it sounds like a powerful team. Um, it was. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never gone to like a retreat like that before or anything. Um, and in fact, you know, and this is, I think good bring up here is I went in one of the books that I was reading recently, it just was really talking about how the combination of like a therapy practice or, or, or you know, going to therapy and then also a somatic practice alongside it can be very powerful, especially, you know, from a depth psychological lens, if we're going into the unconscious and working with our dreams and our imagination, it's in the body. And so also connecting to our natural man or woman, the enemy to God, you know, uh, getting back in touch with our body uh, is so powerful. And I mean, I remember, so uh, uh, have you ever heard of Rolfing? Yes, I have a friend that does that and he like raves about it. Oh, it's so good. So I did like a, it was um, a year and a half ago. I guess it's almost coming up on two years. I did a session, like a set of, I think they do like 10 or 12 sessions or something. It's like a full set of it. And it's like this really intense massage where the theory behind it is they're getting into the fascia, I think it's called, uh-huh, or like yeah. the, and, and the theory behind that is that's where the subtle body is contained. The energetic body is in those tissues. And so it can be very painful, but like in a hurt so good kind of way. And um, but what I would find is I was I would leave those sessions and I would space them out every couple of weeks um, because it would release emotion sometimes during the session. But usually in the, the next few days afterwards, it's like I would have to be prepared to like, look, okay, I'm going to do this session. Just know that you're going to be you're going to be in your feels for a few days as some of this moves and gets released. Um, and that in combination with also going to see a Jungian therapist to kind of work through some of the stuff and the images that were surfacing. Cause you know, I feel like having that body work, my dreams were, were more vivid, you know, it was like a psychedelic trip in a way, like for the next while during those sessions, more vivid dreams, my fantasies became more rich and alive. And as a lot of content from the unconscious was being loosed and released. Yeah. And it was just, just a great one, two punch. I feel like I've been, I've been really curious about that. Like the actual physical working of the body too, you know, like massage or like rolfing stuff like that. I feel like can be very, very powerful. Like you said, in releasing things as well. And I haven't like, I haven't dived like dove into that super deep. I've had a couple body work sessions but this was like right back when I was in the height of everything. And I was literally like in panic mode every single day. And I think it was too intense. Like my body was already in such a state of 
like I was drowning in the unconscious is what it felt like. Um, and so the body work just like it, it was like too much for my system. But I wonder now if it would be more helpful and beneficial because I've heard such great things about it. Yeah, I'm even wondering. So there was one story in, in this book where this woman was having severe rashes all over her body, painful rashes, and had been to doctors, was taking like this steroid cream every day um, to the point where like she would itch and her like it just was it was bleeding and she was hardly getting any sleep. Um, and, but then she went to start working with this, it was a Jungian therapist slash somatic practitioner. So she did body work with, um, her Jungian therapy. And, but at first she's like, we can't do body work right now. You're too fragile. Uh, we need to work and, and do some resourcing around your mental state. And then they slowly worked in the body work. I think she was worried that like, if they went straight to bo- the body work, especially with the rashes and it manifesting so uh, prominently through her body. I mean, she was basically just n- not comfortable in her own skin, right? I mean, like, exactly. and literally, and it was coming out and, you know, she wanted to die. Um, but slowly they were able to do the resourcing mentally, psychologically, and then slowly work into a somatic practice and, it all went away. She, in in the span of a few months, but when she initially started therapy, the rashes did get more intense before Mm -hmm. they started to go down. Um, But it's speaking to that thing that, yeah, I think especially for someone who hasn't felt safe in their body or has felt disconnected, a slow easing in of some of the somatic stuff can be really important especially if you're pairing it with psychedelics that could like yeah blow the roof off of things as yeah. we see um and i <laughs> yeah. think so it sounds like you had like a very rude awakening to all that I did. and i, I did yeah. yeah yeah it was essentially like instead of working on all your you know your unconscious materials slowly we're going to show them to you all at once and then you're going to yeah. have to figure out what the hell is going on <laughs> for the next <laughs> two years it was interesting it's interesting the way that uh louise describes trauma essentially and it's just that like i said that it gets stored in the tissues of your body and so the process of like like you were saying sometimes it's so intense that you have to go into it slowly because a lot of times people that have trauma they've had boundaries that have been overridden in one way or another you know and so creating like you have to create a sense of trust with your body and so you really do. And I've found this for myself. Like I have to take my somatic work very slowly because my body is essentially like, like all parts of me have to be on board with what's happening. Otherwise all like, if I have a really intense somatic session where I'm just like going really, really, really deep, it will like, it will like, it'll snap back like rubber band. You know what I mean? And I'll, and, and I'll feel just like, it's almost like re-traumatizing in a way because somatically it's like it was all parts weren't on board, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it almost heightened up. It's like the, the part retreated further, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he talks about how, like, if you can slowly be with and go in. So, like, for example, there was one exercise we did where we were just paying attention to what we were feeling in our body. Right. Like very similar to IFS. And I was feeling like a ton of anxiety because of some physical symptoms symptoms I had been having that were like stressing me out so bad. And so he was like, okay, now, you know, 
find where you feel it in your body, whatever. And I want you to just sit with it for a minute and see what it does. You know, and as some people sat with their sensations, it was like they would dissipate or they would feel, you know, maybe like a sense of relaxation or whatever. And for other people, it would like contract or maybe they would go numb. Um, And for me, it was like the more I sat with it, the more and more overwhelming it was getting like it was swelling. It was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he was like, "Okay, now that you're paying attention to what it's doing as you're noticing it, what does your body want to do? And people, some people wanted to lay down. Some people wanted to stretch. Some people wanted to hold that part of their body. And for me, I was like basically curled up in the fetal position. And he was like, okay, this is a really good example. When we have an emotion or a sensation, I should say, that's swelling in the body, we have a tendency, if we're going to overwhelm, to contract around it, which is what I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was basically like the sensation was too overwhelming. So I was trying to hold, like protect myself, like protect myself from the outside world. So he had me like very slowly, like relax my arms and like open up my posture a little bit and just get like essentially introducing safety to my body like very slowly showing my body it's okay to be in this sensation and to feel this sensation it's not going to hurt you it's a sensation you know and then that process is how you slowly metabolize the charge that has been stored in your tissues it's um so many fascinating things you were just talking about there. Um, especially that like tightening around, right? Like I've yeah. been, this happens a lot when I microdose, um, which shows that I need to be more conscious of this just without microdosing. But usually as the microdose is kicking in, it's like, Oh my gosh, Mike, get up and stretch, like move. Like, Oh, I, sh- I just feel the tightness in my shoulders. Or the mic- I noticed that I've been clenching my jaw. That's a big one for me. Like I'm clenching my jaw. It's like, take a deep breath, relax. What is it that I'm trying to like grip tightly? You know, I'm, I'm probably tightening around some sort of emotion or sensation that I don't want to feel. Um, and so just the act of like taking a deep breath and then pulling my shoulders back and opening up my chest. Sometimes that's enough just to like get, you know, mm-hmm. like enough space for that emotion. Um, and uh, one thing I want to touch a little bit is um, you know, th- that slow integration again, because I mean, in, it's why in like classic Jungian circles, like psychedelics are still like not encouraged at all because they're like, look, your psyche is going to come through dreams and other things when it's ready. And if, if you pop open that gate, like y- you might not be ready for it. It's going to it's going to come in its own time. Um, and I have mixed feelings about that. I think it's a very important to to say. Um, I also think that there is an element that we are living, we might be, I should say, we might be living in an ensouled, enchanted cosmos and universe where our body also knows, hey, it's time and I'm feeling called to the specific substance because we, we know it's time to, we, and we need a little help to uh, you know, undo the blocks. So I can yeah. see it in both ways. But I do think it's important to note that like, you don't have to, just pop the lid off. Like you start p- subtly paying attention to your dreams, start paying attention to the sensations in your body. And this content will start like releasing in its own time. And you'll, you'll be able to work with it in a safe container. Yeah. I, 
agree with all of that a thousand percent. I've had such mixed feelings about psychedelics because I feel both of those things as well. Like, I totally agree with that perspective that like, if you do, depending on like how your psychedelic, uh, psychedelic experience goes for you, it can bypass all of your protector parts and blow the lid off. And, and then all of a sudden you're literally in psychosis and you can't, you can't like, you can't shut it off, you know? But at the same time, I don't know if I ever would have been able to get to the point that I'm at now, had it not happened with psychedelics, you know, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't think I ever would have seen all of the things that I saw and can see now. So I, I feel, I feel everything that you're saying. I'm like, I don't know that I necessarily believe that there's accidents in that way. This is just my own yeah. personal, personal opinion. Like I don't look back and be like, Oh, you know, that was a total mistake and disaster because I feel like it was the most humbling experience of my life. And it showed me so much that I'm like, okay, I'm so glad that I learned all of that. But at the same time, I think about other people and I'm like, man, some people get to the point where with psychedelics, where it is, it's too far. Like, I feel like if I would have been pushed any further with psychedelics psychologically, I wouldn't have come back. Like I was right on the cusp of just being like, I'm gone forever. Psychologically, I'm so sorry. I'm gone. And that happens to people that happens. So I have very, I have very mixed feelings about it as well. And thanks. Thanks for sharing that because that, that is scary. It's scary to, I'm, I'm glad you're still here with us, Steph. Me too. Oh, I, I was literally looking up like psychiatric units to go to. And I'm like, if I would have found one that I thought would actually help me and wouldn't just like pump me full of medication, I would have gone to one. Cause I was like, I would, I literally was like, I don't know what's real. I would just, I have very vivid memories of like putting my hands on the ground and being like, I feel like I'm on drugs and I'm not. Then I'm like, oh shit. Um, it does, uh, highlight. So you think of the body as a container for our psyche, right? That, um, and having an adequate container to process all of the shit or trauma that we experienced. Um, and, you know, therapy can be, therapy can be one sort of container, obviously. And I, I also think just the fact, for example, when I started going to therapy, all of a sudden my dreams, my nightmares started happening. Uh, and I think it was like, oh, now we finally have a container to hold this experience that you're going through. Um, but one of the things I've thought about lately is the earth and nature as a container. And I think that speaks to how important it is for us to get out in nature. Um, because when I was at the uh, Solstice Revival Festival this year, we went to a, a workshop and one of the women there, she was talking about, it was all about the chakras and sensing into it. And she, she taught me, and it's interesting to sense into this, that like the chakras, like that, those energy centers, it's not like they are, they're in our body as much as like we have access points to the broader energy. Like, so you think of like the, the energy of like the lowest chakra, the root chakra, it's actually all around us. And, but then our root chakra gives us access to that. And so it's almost like a way of visualizing a bigger container for that energy where it's like, not just in my body, but now I can go and I can go ground in the earth. And if I'm feeling really anxious, start giving my anxiety back to the earth, uh, feeling the flow and, and using 
using nature, using going, putting your feet in a river and letting the water almost like wash away your emotions mm-hmm. or sitting around a fire and like kind of like energetically give your fears and uh, worries and whatever you're feeling to the fire. I think there's a yeah. way to really, we've lost that container that the container, the mother, right? Mother earth that could be the container. And then we don't have to project those containers onto people as much, or then we just have more space to hold uh, or to process everything we're going through. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I feel like going along with that for me has been um, like learning how to co-regulate with things that are not human, which is something that Luis actually talks about a lot whether it be animals or plants or nature, like learning how to co-regulate with that. Um, but then oh, also Can you talk about that? that a little bit more. So like, you know, like if you have a pet, like, yeah. Yeah. It's essentially like he has, he has a bunch of podcast episodes about this, but essentially just, yeah. Like that you can, you can co-regulate your nervous system. Cause essentially like the, the earth doesn't have a conditioned mind. Right. So yeah. the earth is like the perfect being to co-regulate with because it's just in a state of it's just in its natural, most natural state. Right. Mm-hmm. And so being and I feel like animals are the same. And so it's like being with them. You're just getting like you're able to regulate. It feels like I'm regulating literally with the earth's nervous system. You know, it's like I'm I, it's like being next to it and with it. It's like, oh, it's almost like a body memory. Right. Where it's like it pulls you back to like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to get my conditioned mind out of the way and I'm going to my body's going to remember what it feels like to be regulated because I'm with this regulated being, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if we can tap into that more, I mean, I think if you think about like like attachment styles that we have as humans and how we might, you know, especially growing up Mormon, we might have like an insecure or an anxious attachment style. And we project that through our, our partners, you know, we're, or like uh, either, yeah, like a romantic partner or our children or uh, whoever we're attached to, our, our, our parents, like our literal parents. If we instead start reestablishing that healthy connection to our own root, but then also the Mother Earth, hers, it's like, oh, now now I I feel more secure in my relationships because I don't need this. I don't need a partner to co-regulate with. I'm not dependent on, you know, a a wife that I I need to like, just if she's not there, I can't regulate my emotions. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I have the the earth to do that. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I feel like ideally we would be able to co-regulate with community and people. Um, That's the ideal setup, right? I mean, and, and the earth, but also with community and people, but it's just so often people don't have that, you know, it's like they, they either because of their, their own traumas that they have surrounding relationships and people, they don't feel safe with people, or maybe they're, they have relationships that are estranged or maybe they, they just don't have it, you know? And so it's like, okay, what do I, how, how do I nurture and regulate this part of me without, without that? You know, it's like, it's kind of sad that we have to learn how to do that. <laughs> no, I wish, we, I wish we could just have this ideal community all the time. Yeah. And we were raised in this community that knew how to like, uh, you know, 
do a drum circle and chant mm-hmm. and dance around a fire and like let's and or do a grief ritual and yeah. let's mourn like our losses. Um, we've lost that, but I feel like we're also getting it back. Um, I agree. It's not too hard to find now. I, yeah. I think if if you're looking community, I mean, just go on uh, Eventbrite or something and search up a drum circle or a song cacao sound bath i don't know and you'll you'll start finding people who are doing ritual and i know i think there's so much room for us to really tap into this and really get back to yeah ri- gathering in community to process collective emotions yes and 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 community like like the retreat you went to to community to help us all get safer in our bodies yeah I agree with that so much. And it was interesting because at the the retreat, I was like, can I regulate with strangers? Like, I don't know these people. They're not going to make me feel regulated. They're going to make me feel dysregulated, you know? And I think part of that comes from growing up Mormon where you're, you're only surrounded with people who, you know, think the same way that you do and believe the same things that you believe. And so they feel safe immediately because you're like, oh, they're the same as me. You know, you feel this, this. So, so when you get around people who come from all different backgrounds and belief systems and whatever, you feel like, well, how do I know that this person is safe? You know, and a big portion of the retreat was like learning to listen to your, like what your body is telling you in regards to the safety it feels or doesn't feel in relationship to other people. And then building the capacity to trust yourself enough to co-regulate with someone else if that makes sense like to to build the capacity to for closeness essentially like i said the the third day was all about like physical touch and so it was just like interesting to see how okay like i you can you can find community and you can you can find these um places and people that you can learn to co-regulate with even if it's not how do I want to say it? Even if it's with strangers, I guess is what yeah. I want to say. Uh huh. And to, to know that you have the facilitators to create that space. Yeah. Um, cause you know, we do hear horror stories on, you know, uh, people going to community events, uh, or psychedelic group sessions and having leaky containers where mm-hmm. it's not a safe space to experience touch and, uh, co-regulating with someone else. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't have an answer that for that other than just be mindful of the spaces that you're going to be mindful of who's running the, these workshops and retreats um, and make sure it's a safe space, because I, I think there's a tremendous power for healing and for learning how to co-regulate and to regulate your own nervous system and to get in touch with your body if it's a good container. And yeah. it sounds like it was for you. It was. Yeah, no. And I agree with that 100 percent. And I I feel like no matter where you go, whether it's in religion or out of religion, people are doing weird stuff and ego is going to get, it's just, it just seeps in, you know? So you really do have to like be mindful of like, okay, what's my body telling me about this situation or these people or whatever? Like, I don't want to override that. I need to listen to that, you know? And if I want to build capacity for, um, trust here, I have to make sure that it's something that I really feel good about, you know? Yeah. Or even in, in the moment, like maybe you, you, you've done your homework on the people running the t- retreat. And if they're a good facilitator, if, if they really are good, you know, somatic facilitators, 
they won't have you do anything that's like with, with your body saying no. Um, yeah. And so if you're in that space like that, trust your body and don't, don't like, if you're like, look, everyone else is touching and everyone else is connecting, but my, my guts, like, I don't feel safe. Trust that, you know, trust that, listen to it. It doesn't mean it's right, but it means there's some information there. Just like that skepticism we were talking about. Your spidey senses are tingling and it could be a trauma response or it could be, no, there's a boundary here that I want to set or that I need to set to feel safe. Regardless, there's something that needs to shift for you to feel more safe. Yeah. Now, whether that all of a sudden then a boundary comes or something and I'm like, okay, now I feel safe to open up or you're like, no, I was right. And I don't want to open up here and trust that. Like, don't lean in unless it's like, no, that feels like a fuck. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the whole, I mean, the, just the retreat I was at specifically, which is the only thing I've ever done like this. So it's the only thing I could speak to, but the whole thing was all about like honoring your no. And so it was like the whole time it was like, you don't have to come to anything. If you don't want to do anything at all, you don't have to, if you want to leave in the middle of something, you can, if, if you, it's just, it was all about honoring your own boundaries just so that people could like, take that, take that power back you know of like no actually my body doesn't want to sit through this lecture right now so i'm going to get up and leave you know yeah it was well, very liberating and it's so good for ex-mormons because i'm realizing in my quote-unquote healing journey most of it has been learning about what my fuck knows are or yeah. what my what my knows are even not even fuck knows just like uh, or my maybes and be like if it's a maybe then it's a no um and trusting that and not because we're so much of my life, I second guess that. Like I would see everyone else doing a thing and like, oh, th- it must be right. You know, you're in the temple and all of a sudden people are wearing weird clothes and like, oh, are we doing this now? I guess this is what we're doing, you know? Um, or like going on a mission and, and everyone's talking about how, you know, they, they know the church is true and this, and you're just depressed and not feeling it. But like, well, I guess something's wrong with me. Um, how many times in my life have I second guessed my intuition and my body? Um, thinking I was the problem yeah, and how that continues now. And the big part of my self-discovery right now is just learn, tuning into the part of me that's like, no, it's a no. And it's okay for it to be a no. And you're, you're okay. Even if around, if, even if everyone around you is saying yes, you can be like, no, <laughs> and yeah. it feels fucking good. <laughs> it does. It feels so good. And, and I, I did that for like an entire five days. And I remember the second I got off the airplane, I was like, Oh, I can feel it already. Like I could feel, I could feel the overriding of my no just immediately come back. Like having to interact with people in ways that I didn't want to, having to, having to do things that I was just like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh man, it really does feel so good. And it's so self-nurturing to honor your needs for the first time in my life. (laughs) Right. Imagine that. Right. Um, And I even think of it in terms of like connecting to my, asshole both like literally and figuratively right so my my asshole is a guy's like no fuck no i don't want to do that which is also my asshole which is my root chakra it's it's like consciousness of my asshole right that <laughs> like is my safety and that's the it, it that the root chakra is your safety the one that makes you feel safe to do anything else and so if that's not solid actually i'll flip it if that is solid now you have the foundation to open up to all the other energy. But if your asshole is like, uh, I'm, you're, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this. It's like, no, it's got to have those fuck no's, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, I remember. I could be like, speaking out of my asshole right now, so I don't no, know. I, agree. <laughs> I there's this one. There was this one therapist I went to one time. This was like a year ago, and I never went to him again because it didn't feel like a good fit. But he said one thing that just stuck in my head, and it was like, you have to learn the power of your no. And I was just like, I do. I do have to do that. Yeah. And then your yeses mean so much more when that happens. Exactly. Yeah. This is great, Stephanie. Was there other things we wanted to cover? I don't think so. I mean, no, we just wanted to talk all about the body. I mean, I just remember having the conversation. It was, it was a few months ago and I was in like a dollar store of all things. I, I was getting some glow sticks as the whole deal. But like, I'm just chatting with you and you were talking about, yeah, doing this episode about body and body consciousness. And mm-hmm. I also think we're scratching the surface and, you know, yeah. it'd be fun now to bring on some somatic practitioners or some people who could really, you know, blow this conversation open. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we got some really good points. What was that? I feel like we hit on some pretty good points though. Yeah. And I feel like I know relatively little, you know, I only know just based on my own experience. Um, but I, I can speak from personal experience, just having, having used somatic therapies myself, the difference that it has made, you know, and kind of like you said, and pairing it with like, yeah, like me specifically too. I love Jungian psychology as well. So pairing it with that, those two together has been really beneficial for me. Well, one of the, the theories with Jungian psychology is image. And we talk about image, it's like dream image, the sensation of a dream, you know, whatever the visual or the, the content of your fantasies, the fantasy image is the bridge between mind and body or your unconscious. And so getting in touch with your body, but then having that image to connect as well. Mm-hmm. So, so powerful. Um, Great. It's been a minute since you've, since you've been on. Is there like a, a or hosted an episode? Is there anything yeah. you want to plug? Honestly, no, not right now. How's your, how's your, are you are you doing coaching? I've, I yeah yeah I am still doing coaching. Yeah, I've been doing um doing coaching. I'm I mean it's been a little bit mostly just part time, just because I being a single mom and then with my like actual job. But I love doing that. I love that. So yeah, sure. Come to me for coaching. I'm so smart and wise and I can fix all your problems. Just kidding. Not really, but I do really enjoy it. But you're a good person to bounce those problems off of. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been fulfilling. It's a nice change for me after, you know, doing hair for however many years, almost, I want to say like 17 years where it's all a lot of small talk. (laughs) Yeah which is fine and, and nice and I love it and it's easy and light, but then it's been a nice change to kind of like really dive deep with people. Yeah. <laughs> Leave where you can go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephanie, it's been so much fun. I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah, me too. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. Hopefully I'll see you soon in person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, bye. bye. Now give it now. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Let's actually come up with an, uh, uh, an identity like what's the name of the identity that you're going to read this one as his name is uh cool joe <laughs> cool joe baby here it comes ladies you know, and gentlemen the first the first name that came to me when you said that was patrick but i want to read it as patrick <laughs> dude i'll do it as patrick you do it as cool joe okay you ready maybe you start it and i'll do the okay next one. <laughs> all right here we go you ready yeah 
Thank you for listening. Uh, as a reminder, the very best way to support this podcast is to just head on over to patreon.com slash Mormons on Mushrooms. There you're going to find bonus content, fun episodes, other shit. Girl, we we're talking about shit it. you have not heard before. Never. Mankind has never heard these things before. So go on over to Patreon. But we'd also love it if you gave us a review. Just head over to Apple and give us a just a quick love over there quick love quickie just a little bit of love on apple listen if you're listening on spotify that's cool too put up a five star if you liked it if you didn't keep your mouth shut just maybe put up a whoa yo flavor country (laughs) we love flavor country by the way mike and i also accept just free pure money and you can do that at venmo mike hit him with the deets just put them in our pocket just just give us some money at mushmore m-u-s-h-m-o-r on Venmo, and we'll use it to buy some kombuchas. Just have a good time. M-U-S-H-M-O-R. What up? Peace. <laughs> <A> fucking yes. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs>